0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Top of the List. I'm RB, here with my co-host Dom. Say what's up, Dom.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back.
0: And we are here after a brief couple of weeks to be back with another film review. Here to review The Flash, uh, the latest installment from the DC Extended Universe. And uh, Dom, you and me both, we've been kind of kind of hit and miss on the DCEU. Uh, definitely... I think
1: that the inclusion – or I'm sorry, the um, replacement of James Gunn as the leader of the the DCU, uh, the new DCU, has kind of really put a hamper on the whole DCEU, right? Ah,
0: okay, okay.
1: You know how the the universe before and then now the new one, I guess, because this is the end of the the old one, right? Right, right. After this is the new DCU with James Gunn, right?
0: Yes, yes. So, I mean, so far everything we've seen, though, in in what we've seen leading up to this new era with James Gunn, we've we've been kind of hit and miss on. I mean, oh, I yeah. think there have been films that we have both loved. Uh, I, I mean, to me, my favorite so far has been Shazam. But I know we were also pretty big fans of Aquaman. Um, I like Superman yeah. versus Batman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, I have
1: a lot of things to say about that one, but yeah, I like that yeah,
0: one. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I hated the original Justice League. I still haven't even seen the, uh, the, re- the remastered, the Zack Snyder's uh, I like that one. Justice League, so I know you were a bigger fan of that than the original, but I just could not get through watching any semblance of that original one again, but it sounds like it's a completely different film. But now we're focusing on The Flash. Uh, yeah. Ezra Miller getting the chance to once again reprise the role for, I believe, the third film. Uh, and verdict was still out on them as well uh, in this role, and I think coming into this film, I had no idea what to expect. leaving it. I absolutely love this film. Uh, I'm gonna start just right off the bat, letting you know that this is up there with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is one of my top films this year. I gave that one a ten out of ten. I'm giving this one a ten out of ten as well. I love this movie. Um, we'll talk a little bit in spoilers as to why, but just to kick us off, this was a 10 out of 10. This is, to me, wow. the best thing that the DC folks have done, and the fact that it's pre-James Gunn makes it even more excellent, I, I believe, because I, I think we're both very excited for the James Gunn era.
1: I I would totally agree with you, RB. This is the best pre-James Gunn DC that we've seen Minus the completely different universe that the Batman is in, right? With, yes. with Robert yep. Pattinson, that's all separate. Minus Joaquin Phoenix's The Joker movie, that's totally separate. Um, so, yeah, there's that, that's what makes DC so confusing. There's so many separate universes. But in this Zack Snyder universe where we had you know Zack Snyder with Man of Steel, Zack Snyder, uh, Batman versus Superman... Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, i say this was the apex of all those. Um, this was better than Zack Snyder's Justice League in a lot of ways. Um, I think that Zack Snyder's Justice League had better CG than this movie in 2023, um, which is a lot to say. I got a lot to say about the CG, the computer graphics in this movie, The Flash. But... What I will say is that I, I did like this story in The Flash a lot. And a lot of what we got to see with some cameos were really cool. Um, but overall, RB, I don't know if I can give this one a 10 out of 10. I think I have a few nitpicks that hold me back. But this movie was pretty dang cool, man. I love this movie in a lot of parts, especially this, like the middle of this movie. I was like, holy crap, this movie is going hard right now. This is really cool. Yeah. So there's a lot to say that is really positive, but yeah, I think my final score on this one is going to sit somewhere around an eight or an eight and a half. I'd probably say eight and a half.
0: All right. All right. Perfect. So still definitely a great or better movie according to us. So if you haven't seen The Flash, go check it out. Uh, Definitely worth a watch. I would say in large format cinema as well. Don't – if you – unless you absolutely have to, don't wait for this one to come out on HBO Max. Give it a watch in the movie theaters. Definitely worth the experience. Uh, but if you haven't seen it yet, hit pause. Go check it out. If you have, stay here with us. We're going to dive right into spoilers here. So here is your spoiler warning. Wee-oo, wee wee And let's talk about what I'm going to go out and say has been one of the best multiverse superhero movies we've seen. And that has been a common thread, whether it be yeah. Spider-Man uh, No Way Home or Doctor Strange in the multiverse of – Mayhem or Madness, I always get the name madness. mixed up. Or even even uh the the Miles Morales Spider Man films. Uh mm-hmm. you know, this to me hit it out of the park. A completely new take on the multiverse, and that's what I love so much about this film. We've talked about how much we love the concept of the multiverse. I mean Everything Everywhere All at Once was one of our top films of last year, and of course took home Best Picture as well. So we love the multiverse. And I think this was a fresh new take on it that I really enjoyed.
1: I I really did like the take they took on this one. I think it was just explained enough uh, but left with enough questions where it was still not as well as explained as – and this is why I kind of feel it is actually a cut below those movies that you were describing. I think that everything – and this is something we're going to always say with multiverse movies. I think everything, everywhere, all at once did it better – and did the exposition of explaining what was going on in such a better and more creative way than what they did in The Flash. Even though I do have to say, The Flash, visually, the multiverse, looks so cool, I have to say. So cool. Absolutely. It looks really cool. The, the visuals were very cool in the multiverse. My problem with, with the visuals were, in number one, in the opening of this movie with the babies, the whole baby sequence looked so fake and it looked like PlayStation 2 graphics. I'm sorry, man. It looked like PlayStation okay. 2 graphics. But in these visu- – so in this – let's dig deeper into this multiverse. It's mm-hmm. so The visual aspect is so freaking cool. It's like Doctor Strange but in a whole new, like, you know, trippy way. I, I like that they did that. But they're showing these flashbacks, and they're showing people in these flashbacks. And I get that they're not supposed to be – like, are, were they going for lifelike? I'm not sure because we get these weird CG recreations of actors in the multiverse flashbacks. And right,
0: right. Yeah, I hear you.
1: That was a little off-putting to me. But like I said, the whole design and especially like I think what, what scene that was probably the most eye-catching of the whole movie was at the end when we saw all these giant different colored orbs and they were all the different worlds. Literally colliding and crashing together. <laughs> that was pretty impressive. So very, very neat take. Yeah. The focus of this movie, and they did a great job, I think. Um, but yeah. Anything else and you have to say? And if I'm not mistaken, that's,
0: that's something very central to, you, you being our comic book expert here for sure, that's <laughs> central to the the Flash's storyline. I mean, I, I understand that the Flash often isn't viewed in as high regards as Superman or Batman, uh, to name a few, Wonder Woman. But that's central to the Flash's storyline, whether it's you know in the comic books, whether it's the the CW television series with Grant Gustin, the Flash. I mean, everything is about multiverse with the Flash and his ab- ability to break break the the sound barrier, the the speed of light to, to travel back in time. To using the it's called the Speed Force, correct? I think they reference it in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I think seeing that on screen uh, was was really neat. I mean, I I remember watching storylines in some of the Justice League cartoons about this growing up about the Flash being able to travel back in time and I I think I think that was very very neat and I I think what I like the most about and we can talk more about the story a little bit is how they handle the explanation of why things don't go back the same way and how time is altered you know why big that spoiler would, yeah. here obviously yeah that that Bruce Wayne when we come back after Barry Allen has changed his timeline is, thank goodness, Michael Keaton. That was amazing. Um,
1: yeah.
0: but you know, why he's so much older than Bruce, uh, Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne. And you know, I just, I think effect. it's really cool like how, how they explain they it. I love that, yeah. the the explanation using the spaghetti. That's,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. I, I,
0: I thought that was a really cool way to explain it. You mm-hmm. know, there's some of the, very similar to how they explained it honestly in, uh, in Spider-Verse, the, the latest Spider-Verse installment, you know, there are, you know, infraction points that happen in everyone's story, but that's just where the spaghetti crosses over. The, the timelines are not uncooked spaghetti that follow each other directly. You know, things change. You change one thing and everything changes. It's not just one thing changes one thing, you know. It doesn't just create right. a different Barry Allen. It changes the whole world to the point that Michael J. Fox is in Footloose, not Back to the Future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a funny bit. I so that has actually a good lead in into probably my biggest surprise about this movie RB and why I I do have actually this is actually a high score for me because there's a lot I didn't like about um the visuals and um but what I do have to say I was so maybe I should let me back up a little bit RB because before Zack Snyder's Justice League came out, I was not a fan of Ezra Miller as The Flash. Okay? I did not find the character's portrayal at all appealing. I, I didn't find... I, like, because for instance, Grant Gustin plays The Flash on the TV series. I found him way more comic accurate and more, like, you know... It had a lot more heroic qualities that I could personally, um, fi- like, you know enjoy to see in the hero. I didn't find any of those likable qualities in Ezra Miller's character. In this movie, however, I was very surprised to see what they would do with this character because in Zack Snyder's Justice League, they gave him a little bit of a backstory uh, showing Barry Allen and um, his his uh, talk with his dad in, this, um, in the cell and everything. So we had that information. But in this movie, I wasn't sure how long they were going to wait before they really addressed the big thing in the room was that we've never seen any of this character's backstory really at all. And thank gosh that they put a flashback at the beginning of this movie Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. he visits the house and we see a whole big flashback. I mean, I I went and saw this one in the theater with my mom and she sat next to me and she she said, Oh, thank gosh, they're going to explain all this because she was going like, What's going on? I don't remember any of what's going on with this character because this character before this movie was not fleshed out at all. And nope. that's what this movie did so great, so quickly, Was which made it so impressive was that Ezra Miller's acting in this movie quickly became the most impressive thing because there's Barry Allen, there's 18-year-old Barry Allen, and big spoiler, there's Dark Flash slash the Barry Allen 18-year-old guy that just turned evil, right? So so, uh, Ezra Miller plays three roles in this film. Yep. And I think that the character of Barry Allen and Barry Allen, the 18-year-old, and Dark Flash is portrayed in such a good way that, yes, in this movie they made the character more comic accurate. So big thumbs up from me because, like you said, I kind of am the comic expert when it comes between the two of us. Mm So that's, that's, that is a big thumbs up for me in this movie. Ezra Miller did a fantastic job of bringing this character into a more comic accurate territory. But at the same time, I want to know what you thought about one of my favorite scenes in this movie when we meet 18-year-old Barry Allen's roommates. And then we get all – like it felt like there were so many jokes one after another that I was laughing at in this whole sequence where they're talking about – who is it? Eric, Eric Stultz? Like Eric
0: Stoltz is, is, yeah, in Back <laughs> to the Future. Michael J. Fox is in Footloose, and Kevin Bacon is in Top Gun. That's that's the major changes.
1: Oh my gosh, it was yeah. it, all the. I have to shout out to the actors that were his roommates. They were hilarious.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I love the comedy in this film. Um, yeah, very. Me too. Felt a la, a la almost Deadpool. Oh
1: yeah, for um, sure.
0: Yeah. And and again why I, I don't mind that opening sequence looking kinda hokey with the babies, <laughs> right. and the hospital flat. you know, that that's sort of the vibe I got was that that was what they were going for. They weren't going for a huge action scene, you know? That's why we get the whole thing in slow motion. I mean they could've for sure, but I, I got different vibes from this movie than I was expecting and, and I love that. I love their comedy. I love, love, love the interaction between eighteen year old uh Barry Allen and what I, I guess we'll call him pro, uh, present day Barry Allen. I thought right. that was great comedy there, and I think again Michael Michael Keaton does a great job with the comedy as well. Um,
1: yeah, we got to so, talk about you know, Michael I think, Keaton. I think
0: the comedy overall in this film was great, but yeah, I think honestly that was one of the funniest scenes. I, I loved it as well as I think the, the first sequence where we see eighteen year old Barry Allen first testing out his powers and phasing and
1: that was really doing cool. All that, sequence.
0: Going Speedy Gonzalez through the city and. Wreaking havoc on what Central City, I think it's called. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that was that was a cool yeah. sequence. I enjoyed that. Yeah. But yeah. Hey man, dude, we we got to address the elephant in the room. Let's talk about Michael Keaton's return as the Batman. You said like he had some great exposition scenes talking about the spaghetti, but overall, did you feel his return delivered? That's the big question. Oh,
0: absolutely. I think okay. he's amazing. I think Michael Keaton. Whether it's you know, I've seen him host Saturday Night Live. I've seen him. Uh, if you've ever seen, I'm sure you have, the film Birdman. You know he's sort of playing yep. the crusty former superhero uh, actor. You know that's something he's he's kind of played on much of his career. That that's his big thing. He was Batman, and yeah. to see him back and doing it, but playing Michael Keaton as the former Batman was, I yeah. thought perfect. I thought it was a perfect casting job. I think he completely lived up to expectations. I you know I love Michael Keaton as Batman. I think my first yeah. ever Batman film is, I, I think it's just called Batman with yeah. Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Is One to me still I, I, yeah. yeah as great as uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman films are. I think to me is the best Batman film I've ever seen. Um, I think I think he was awesome.
1: Yeah, Michael Michael Keaton is so underrated as Batman. And here's the thing. I wasn't sure based on what they said in the uh, – like, we were talking about this before, R.B., before we hit the record button, how sometimes movies give away some of the best parts in the trailer. And from what I had mm-hmm. seen in the trailer, like, he was give, they were giving away all his good one-liners, you know, want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Like, he says it in the trailer, and then he mm-hmm. says it in the movie. So it's like, okay, well, you're kind of giving it all away. But once again, this movie does have so many great surprises for us. He has some really fantastic scenes later in the movie, just between him and Barry Allen, where he's talking about, I, I think, honestly, I was, I was tearing up and crying a little bit when he was talking about how he's like, I never got a chance to save my parents, but you did. And like, oh. I, I just felt these, those characters connect on such a deep level. Like To me, as a comic book fan, that's what I've always wanted to see and that's what i never really got between him and ben affleck to be completely honest
0: okay okay but,
1: um, and that's what michael keaton's batman totally delivered in this movie that i think was awesome
0: well let me let me put it this way even even in the little scenes that we saw ben affleck as batman i yeah. so much preferred their relationship in this film than anything else i've ever seen so so to better me better than any other go, of the
1: previous movies yes
0: yeah. i'm going to go as far as saying i enjoyed Every bit as much as I enjoyed Andrew Garfield, uh, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Holland as Spider Man on screen together, I enjoyed. I know they were never on screen together, but I loved the portrayals of Batman as Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, and big spoiler alert, George yep. Clooney at the end. I, I mean, I think it was it was all great, and the way it played was perfect. And I mean, we even get to, get to see a little bit of Adam West in uh, one of the the time four scenes with one of the spheres, right. which was awesome. Um, I I thought it was excellent.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. There's so – Michael Keaton was so cool in this movie, and he did so much. And um, one thing I have to say that I was worried about with him being so old is would the action scenes suck? I am very glad to report that some of the best scenes in the movie are the practical fight scenes with Michael Keaton. Very little CG except for when he's flying around. Right, right. I loved the practical fight scenes with Michael Keaton. That was the, some of the best action in the whole movie. Better than some of the full CG stuff they did with Flash later in the movie in my opinion.
0: Very much so. I definitely agree. And again, I think that plays into very well their explanation of the multiverse. They didn't try and age Michael Keaton down. They they made it very clear that in this mm-hmm. universe he was Batman in the past and now he's much older and you know, a much Older Bruce Wayne than Ben Affleck or or before him Christian Bale that we're used to seeing, or even Robert Pattinson now, uh, which which I loved. I think I think they did a great job and he he had that seeing him as Batman, but having that and the background definitely helped I think portray the role as like Batman coming out of retirement, so to speak.
1: Now can we talk about my biggest surprise and pro- possibly my single favorite part of this movie? Yeah. Supergirl. I yeah. I love Supergirl in this movie. This was one of the most interesting characters I've seen in a superhero movie in a long time, I think, especially female characters.
0: Yeah, let me let me put it this way. I, you know, watching this movie, when they introduced that our kind of our big bad is going to be General Zod again, I was like, "Really?" you know, cuz we've we've talked about it what makes a great superhero movie is the villain, and it's like we're recycling a villain from a movie that I don't think either of us thought were, was all that great in the form of uh, Man of Steel. Um, but, yeah, the the use of Supergirl in this, and I think that's why we had to bring in Zod and have a Kryptonian involved, mm-hmm. was, was excellent, and her sort of struggle really leading to a lot of you know moral struggles today with the ideas of war and – you know, why are you going to war for someone who, you know, they're aren't, aren't even your people, you know? Right. I right. thought it was really, really an intriguing, a great a great story arc, and again, allows me to forgive the fact that we recycled Zod, and really it wasn't our big bad. We'd find out that Barry Allen is our big bad.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing, though. Man of Steel, there's a lot of things that were, like, kind of boring about that movie, in my opinion, I thought, but... One of them was not Zod. I thought Zod was always a pretty strong villain as, as far as just his demeanor and his pure uh, brutality as far as the way he fights. And one thing they did really well, once again in The Flash, they did this really well, is they brought back his awesome fighting versus, like in, Super, in Man of Steel, he fought Superman. In this one, he fought Supergirl. And they did such a great job with it in this one. Um, but I have to say, Sasha Kale As Supergirl, she was like one of the big... I didn't know because like, um, let me put it this way. The Supergirl TV show, a different actress plays her and it's a totally different portrayal because this Supergirl is a lot darker like Man of Steel, like Henry Cavill's portrayal of Superman was. And um, I loved it because it made me feel like I was seeing a real... Person, like it didn't feel like uh, she was sort of being. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Corny.
0: Ho- I mean, I've se- I've seen enough clips of yeah. the CW Supergirl show to know it's it's as as I'm sure some of the original Supergirl comic books are a little corny, a little hokey.
1: This exactly, was this yeah.
0: made this character a lot more believable than just a comic book character and a caricature of that on the screen
1: it was a perfect fit for that universe that they were yeah. portraying with, it yeah. fit with Michael Keaton's Batman. It fit with the man of steel, um, villains. So yeah, I, I think it fits so good. And one of my favorite scenes in the movie is, uh, Michael Shannon's big reveal that they killed kal when he was an infant. The infant did not survive. One of my yeah. favorite lines in this movie. Um, and the battle after that, that was just such an impactful moment. And, um, she was like the big standout for me in this movie. Very little screen time, but big impact because Supergirl was fantastic in this.
0: Very much so, and in her cinematic debut as well. Uh, this was her first time yeah. on the big screen. Had uh, spent time starring in The Young and the Restless on TV, but this was her first role on screen. So I, you know, Bravo, Bravo to her in a in a
1: debut performance. Absolutely, and. Should we? Is there any other big cameos we've missed out on, RB? Do you want to talk about the big Superman cameos?
0: Yeah, yeah. Nicolas Cage uh, as Superman paying homage to a, a film that was never created uh, Tim Burton's Superman Lives, in which Nicolas Cage, I think back in like 2002 or three, was supposed yes. to play Superman but never did. Um, Nicolas Cage aged down to play Superman in this. Brief cameo, time the time force colliding of universes. Um, I had no idea. You know, I had to do a double take watching. Was that Nicolas Cage? Before I, you know, (laughs) left left the theater and looked, but it indeed was. And I guess also because he voiced Superman, and I didn't realize this in the Teen Titans Go movie, which I didn't know. Mm. Um, But so a little bit there, a little bit paying homage to the Tim Burton film as well, or the non-existent Tim Burton film that was supposed to be made. Um, again, not a major scene, but anytime we can get a cameo and it's because it's in the multiverse, I'm happy.
1: Absolutely. Of course, we talked
0: about George George Clooney. We talked about didn't talk about it much, but you know Adam West's um, yep. portrayal, and again in one of those time force scenes, we see Adam West Batman from the '60s.
1: How about the big one? The big one being discussed online right now. Two big Superman were shown. Number one. George Reeves, the original Superman on television in black and white, they show his universe with a big awesome yep. Easter egg for uh, big time Flash fans, Jay Garrick's Flash, the one that wears the tin hat. He was yep. the Flash mm-hmm. running in that universe uh, for that Superman, the black and white uh uh george reeve superman and then of course we got christopher reeve superman with yeah yeah, christopher reeve superman and he uh he's with supergirl i don't know what the actress's name is that plays supergirl in that universe but yeah that one um, i'm not
0: sure but i yeah i I recognize the christopher reeve of course
1: um that was so cool to see christopher reeve as well man there's so many cool things that they showed in this movie that uh I mean, it's fan service RB, but I don't know how you feel about when people people sometimes put that down as a negative. Um, I kind of put it as, you know, it's called fan service for a reason. If you're a fan, why wouldn't you be – you wouldn't be watching – if you're not a fan, you wouldn't be watching the movie, right? Like you, Yeah, yeah. They're servicing the people that are there to see that movie. Like we want, that's what we want to see. So I, I'm I mean, yeah, with-
0: per- personally, <laughs> and, and it makes me. And I know it's it's a little bit different. It's not multiverse, but it, it gives me vibes too. I remember the first time I rented this on VHS from Blockbuster Video, like uh, the Batman Beyond films, where we got to see Bruce Wayne, an older Bruce Wayne, mentoring. Uh, uh, help me out with the name of Batman Beyonds.
1: Oh, Terry <laughs> McGinnis.
0: Terry McGinnis, thank you. I was going to say Chase McGinnis, and I knew it wasn't Chase. Yeah, uh, Terry McGinnis, you know, I know it's a little bit different. It's multiversal rather than, you know, a a mentor, but, I mean, that's what it gives me vibes to, and, again, I think any time we can get that nostalgia, and I'm not complaining.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I totally get what you mean there. I love the whole crossover vibe of these new movies. Um, RB, as we come to a close, I don't know if we are leaving anything else besides George Clooney's appearance. Um... This movie kind of ends with him saving his dad, right, by uh, getting him to look up at the camera and collect those tomato cans on the top shelf. So, yeah, I, I uh, one thing I did want to uh, end the end this uh, discussion on was as far as multiverse movies, um, like I said, I still think that. My favorite one out of all of them is going to be Everything, Everywhere, All at Once.
0: Yes. I, I okay. couldn't agree more with you. I don't think anything – I was wondering if has, this
1: would top that in any way. No, not at all. Okay.
0: I don't even think – I, I may put this the on the me. on the same level. But when it comes to superhero okay. movies, I like I said, I like this better than uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I like this uh-huh. better than uh, Doctor Strange. But I think I still like the explanation of the multiverse in Spider-Man – into the Spider Verse. That's the one that just came out, correct? Yeah.
1: Across or, the Spider-Verse. Across,
0: across the Spider Verse. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I liked their explanation just a little bit more Me too. of the multiverse and the execution in that one as well. I just I like the portrayal more in this one using the nostalgia. I know there were some nostalgic scenes from uh, across the Spider Verse, but there are also some some stupid things like T Rex Spider Man and you know, more <laughs> obscure things. I, I love the the use of George Clooney, the loose, the use of Ben Affleck, the use of the stock footage of Adam West, yeah. um, Michael Keaton, of course. Um, I thought yeah. that was handled masterfully. So, um, again, big fan of this one. But, yeah, I don't know that it could top everywhere, everything everywhere all at once. And as for superhero movies, I would put it second on my list behind Only Across the Spider-Verse. Um, and I think maybe the reason I was so excited about it was because we got these movies really back-to-back. Like, the, we have these reviews back-to-back. So, for those of you who haven't heard yeah. our review of... Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Go back and give that a listen as well. We recorded that one about two weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago. So go get that mm. a listen as well. And uh, it's summertime, which means we got more great reviews rolling your way.
1: Absolutely. I, I, I think I'm with you, RB. I liked a lot of Across the Spider-Verse, uh, what that movie did better than The Flash. So, um, And I think what, what keeps this one from giving – like I gave Spider-Verse a 10 out of 10. Um, I think that this one can't be a 10 out of 10 because, to me, Spider-Verse was like an artistic achievement. And this one, to me, didn't really strike me that much. It felt like there were a few things that were lacking as far as the CG and the special effects. So.
0: Alright, alright. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, and, and as we discussed in Spider-Verse, so I guess spoiler alerts for, uh, for that, you know, for the, our review... I just – I have a hard time giving a 10 out of 10 to a film that's a part one of a two-part. That that was my yeah, biggest that was nitpick that, why I gave it a yeah. 9 out of 10, uh, yeah. not knowing that it was going to be a part one going in and expecting at least some sort of conclusion, not a cliffhanger
1: to be continued. So we have – so as far as superhero multiverse movies, we have a different top of the list because mine is now Spider-Verse. Yours is now The Flash, right? Am mine is, I mine is still
0: – so overall everything everywhere. I preferred the film The Flash overall, but when it yeah. con- came to the explanation and the execution of the multiverse, I would take Spider-Verse.
1: Interesting. Okay. Like I yeah. said,
0: the only reason I gave Spider-Verse a lower score was because it was a part 1 and again, once That's we get part up, 2, bro. I'm willing I'm willing to give it a higher score. I just there's so many <laughs> questions I still have unans- <laughs> left unanswered.
1: Everybody does. Yeah. I, yeah, I oh, feel for so. sure, for sure. All right, we we digress. We digress. We're at the thirty-minute mark. So, um, on the next episode of Top of the List, we will deliver the. I don't know how many episodes there's supposed to be of Secret Invasion. I think it's eight. I'm not sure, but we'll probably be at the halfway mark then next week. Yeah, we'll do a midway review of Secret Invasion on the next episode of Top of the List, as well as what movies we got coming up. RB, let me let me run you some, and you tell me if I miss any. Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible. We got Oppenheimer, we got Barbie, and am I missing one?
0: Yeah, I mean just just some fun ones along the way. (laughs) Like I said, I just went and saw No Hard Feelings. I think you'd really enjoy that one, so if you get a chance to see that. Uh, Asteroid City as well, uh, the new Wes Anderson film. uh, Just a lot of great films coming out, and I'm sure I'm I'm missing some as well that will be hitting theaters soon. But, I mean, like I said, just – A ton of great stuff hitting the theaters as it does every summer, Um, and we'll be here to review what we loved and what we didn't so much love uh, right here on top of the list. And uh, you know, even if we don't review something, be sure to check out our letterbox pages as well. Uh, You know, Dom and I sometimes don't always agree in movies to go see. You know, he's a big horror film guy. I'm more of a comedy guy myself, which is not necessarily the slapstick his cup of tea so we're reviewing stuff on there that maybe one of us or the other didn't see so if you're interested in our opinions on stuff we don't review here check out our letterboxd accounts as well
1: excellent so you guys can find us in the links down below and we'll see you guys on the next episode of top of the list
0: later everybody